Season 3, Episode 40. <laughs> First episode of the year. Oh, yes. And what a year it has been, I might say. Well, so far the year is only about five days old. But still, um, it's going to be a great year already. Because just with the bonus episode you're going to listen to right now, and what's coming for the weekend... Oh, I got a message. That's cool. Anyway, um, it's going to be a crazy, stupid year. So, hey, let's just hold your nose and cannonball right into the middle of it. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. the first bonus uh, feed uh, of the year, bonus episode. Welcome to my stupid world. I'm insane Eric Lane, starting off 2022, feeling very insane. Yes, indeed. By the way, I hope that you have subscribed to uh, the podcast, uh, so that way you're not going to miss any stupidity. We wouldn't want you to go looking for stupidity. We want it to find you, okay? So uh, make sure that you... Um, uh, hit that subscribe button, okay, so that we know, uh, you know, so that you'll know whenever you've got a, a new episode coming your way, okay? So we've got plenty of stupidity already to start the new year off. I can't wait to get to it. And by the way, if you're just actually getting here for the very first time, this is the bonus episode. The, the regular episode comes every weekend. This midweek bonus, of course, features the Insane Week in Review and our Genius Awards, and then the weekend feed... Well, we've got my um, insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, with the um, insane game show, of always, of course, okay? Oh, and uh, by the way, if um, you happen to follow me on Facebook, at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook, and you are using the Facebook mobile app, not the, not the desktop version, but your phone app, um, you can um, actually uh, see the podcast tab on my Facebook page, and you can check out the podcast right from my Facebook page, which is kind of cool, okay? They just started, they just added that, all right? That's that's pretty amazing, yeah. But um, here's something even more amazing. Police in Ohio said they've arrested a suspect accused of stealing an entire 58-foot pedestrian bridge that was being temporarily stored in a field. Who stores a bridge in a field? I don't know. But the Akron Police Department said 63-year-old David Bramley of Sharon Township was arrested and charged with the felony theft after a search warrant executed on the property in Medina County resulted in partially disassembled bridge being recovered. They needed a search warrant to search for a bridge? <laughs> okay. Anyway... Police said Bramley allegedly paid a local trucking company for a crane service, and the crane was used to lift the bridge on and off of a vehicle that was used to transport it from the Akron field at which it was being stored to the Medina County property. The bridge formerly served as a pedestrian walkway along the Little Cuyahoga River in Middlebury Run Park, but was removed uh, or moved out to an open field as part of a wetlands restoration project. Now, the police said the city had planned to repurpose the bridge in another location, but discovered it had been stolen from the storage field. So, let me see. This is like, what, one of the few times in history 
when a guy really did have a bridge to sell you? It may not have been the Brooklyn Bridge, but it was a bridge, okay? I don't know, somebody steals a 58-foot pedestrian bridge. Wow. I mean, I'm not condoning it, but I have to admire the guy's commitment. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, this whole uh, uh, mess with the supply chain garbage is just getting out of hand. Are you ready for this? Thank goodness you don't live in Japan. I've got friends that live in Japan. Maybe we have listeners in Japan. But McDonald's was forced here last year to take medium and large size French fries off their menu in their 2,900 locations across Japan because potatoes are in short supply, according to the fast food giant. Japanese consumers could no longer be able to order larger sizes of their fries with their Big Macs. McDonald's holdings company, Japan, blamed a flood at the port in Vancouver for its soggy mess and said it was exploring alternative flights to Japan to get the spuds there to them quicker. In the meantime, the company instructed eateries to offer small portion of fries to ensure that as many customers as possible have continued access to our French fries, according to a Bloomberg report. The supply chain glitch uh, probably is easing up, I would hope, uh, and the deprived customers will finally, they'll get a 44 cent discount on their fry orders and, until the bigger portions are being able to be allowed again. Supplies of hash browns, well, they've not been affected. But messing with the French fries at McDonald's? Wow, and they're rationing French fries? First a global pandemic, now this? <laughs> I, I think I can speak for millions of McDonald's fans when I say, why couldn't they've had a shortage of side salads? You know, why does it have to be French fries? <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, well, coming off of the Christmas break and the whole Christmas season, we're finally done with the elf on the shelf thing, okay? But here's a great story about a mom from Missouri she recently was the victim of a pretty hilarious elf-on-the-shelf prank in her home. Mindy Carney of St. Louis was in the emergency. She's an emergency room physician assistant, a mom of three kids uh, with ages, what, six and eight and three. She gained attention for posting unique ways her kids' elves get into trouble. Well, they've done a lot of mischievous things, but the three elves took their pranks to another level by giving Carney a haircut while she slept. Yeah, that's right. The, the elf on the shelf gave mom a haircut. But Carney said uh, she was able to have her stylist remedy the situation when she donated 14 inches of her hair to the nonprofit organization Children with Hair Loss. For first-time elf parents, Carney's advice is start simple. I think that's probably a very good advice. Yeah. I mean, you got to admire the motive, but them little elves, you know, I don't know. Anyway, well, here was a trick that went south real fast and had nothing to do with elves. I don't know how you would react in a situation like this, but a woman recently posted on Reddit, she and her boyfriend, they've been dating for about three, you know, three and a half months or so. She told him on their very first date, she's a vegan. Okay, that should have been your first warning. She also explained that whenever he went to her place, she'd feed him completely vegan meals. She said they were once watching TV on a TV show. 
about cooking, and while they were watching, her boyfriend commented that he, quote, hated when dishes pretended to be meat when it was plant-based, and it was deceptive and gross, and he would never eat that. Well, I'm sure you could understand her confusion. She told him, well, you've eaten vegan a number of times. Well, then he got really mad and accused her of, quote, tricking him into eating something he found disgusting and forcing my diet on him. She added, now since that big blow up, the boyfriend hasn't been over anymore. And she's actually tried to reach out to him and he's expressed how betrayed he felt. Oh, I'm so betrayed. You fed me fake meat. She added, he refused to come over unless she apologized for lying to him. <laughs> Responders pointed out his behavior definitely was a red flag. He was acting immature. Look, I, I don't, I've had vegan food. It's not bad. I was hungry 30 minutes after eating it, but it wasn't bad. So I would eat vegan food. You'd just be feeding me more often. That's all. Being lied to? Oh, boy. I don't know what goes on in the minds of some of these men. You know, too much testosterone, maybe. I don't know. Trying to hide hide the fact that you weren't eating real meat. But you still ate it, and you must have liked it. Okay? So what's the deal? You didn't get... She could have poisoned you for crying out loud, Right? I don't know. Well, if you're going to hide anything, make sure that you're going to be hiding it legally. Unlike what happened when a woman got caught with knives hidden in a Darth Vader teddy bear. I didn't even know they had such a thing. Workers at the Philadelphia International Airport recently discovered this woman seemingly attempting to sneak in two knives through airport security. TSA spokesperson Lisa Farbstein confirmed on Twitter that a woman traveling through the airport was caught with two knives hidden inside the Darth Vader teddy bear. TSA agent said the back of the stuffed bear appeared to have been re-sewn shut. Well, well, well. The doll belonged to the woman's nine-year-old son. TSA officers discovered the knives when the bear was put through an x-ray machine. <laughs> That's right, you gotta x-ray your bears there, buddy, you know? Anyway... Hopefully, um, hopefully, they they stopped a terrorist, you know, a terrorist's teddy bear or something. I don't know. Well, that that definitely was a situation that could have got out of control real quick. But here's a Michigan animal shelter that took a call from a man who um, had a little out of control problem. He was asking about bringing sixty parakeets that belonged to his father. Now it was a rather well, an unusually large request, but that was just the tip of the iceberg. Turns out it wasn't even, well, one-tenth of the iceberg. According to the Detroit Free Press, when the man arrived, he actually had not 60, but nearly 500 birds, 497 to be exact, all crammed into seven cages. <laughs> It's a lot of parakeets. <laughs> Incredibly, the man dropped off an additional 339 birds. The grand total, 836 parakeets. 
It seems his father had begun breeding parakeets, and it mm, got out of control. And I thought rabbits and hamsters were bad. According to Kelly Labonte, the director of the Detroit Animal Welfare Group in Macomb County, she said the problem is birds breed easily. And, well, then you have more babies and more babies and more babies if you don't control the situation. Apparently, the shelter had been scrambling to provide care. Some of the babies required hand feeding. Other bird rescue organizations have been pitching in, too. Now, the plan is to offer the birds for adoption once they've deemed healthy enough uh, in, in a few weeks. But it's possible, however, that some may have to be euthanized. Yeah, they, they were kind of on top of each other and smothering each other, said Labonte. They were very, very stressed. You know, I would be stressed, too, if I was crammed in with 835 other people, I guess. They, they, she said they were barely moving. Of course... If you're interested in donating uh, the birds, they can contact you. Can contact the shelter. So, anybody want a parakeet? Yeah, anybody want a parakeet? I mean, I, I I knew as a kid, I would go visit my grandmother. She had a, a little parakeet many many years ago. I remember, and uh, you know, so hey, hey, yeah, free parakeets, okay? Yeah, I don't know. Also, kind of sounds like a job for KFC. Eight hundred and thirty-six birds. I mean, that's enough to keep one car wash in business for like twenty years. Wow. Okay, well, anyway, Macomb County is where you want to get a hold of if you want to want a little parakeet, okay? Macomb County, uh, Michigan. <clears throat> yeah, well, anyway. Well, th th it's been a pretty entertaining holiday season, that's for sure. With a pair of brothers from New Hampshire, they have kept a great tradition going on. I love stories like this, okay? They have been re-gifting each other the same box of candy every single year since Christmas of 1987. That's when Ryan Wasson gifted his brother Eric a box of Christmas-themed Lifesavers candy as a joke <laughs> because Eric can't stand it. He doesn't like the candy. So Eric Wasson says he then kept the candy all year long so he could give it to Ryan in Christmas of 1988. Well... That started a tradition between the two that continues to live on to this very day. The brothers said their annual gift-giving has actually gotten pretty creative, with elaborate pranks including family, friends, co-workers, even the local sheriff's office. That's just wonderful fun. You know, of course, I'm not sure I would want the candy if I decided to keep it after all. 1987 this has been going on, people. The same box of candy. <laughs> Petrified candy at this point, you know? Well, one of the other things I'm sure that's been given over the holiday season has been candles. My, my wife loves candles, and she loves Yankee candles. Every time we go to the outlets, we've got to go to the Yankee candle outlet. I come out with a blinding headache from all the perfume, you know, but uh, if you happen to have gotten a Yankee candle, especially if you've ordered one on Amazon, <clears throat> well, we have a little problem because Amazon is now, well, there's all kinds of negative reviews on Amazon because of these uh, Yankee candles that were bought. According to the complaints, they have no scent. I don't know if you've ever smelt a Yankee candle or not, but boy, I'm telling you, some of that stuff, it, they got some scent all right. Boy, oh boy. Well, there was a review for the balsam and cedar scent. It says, quote, I've bought this candle before and the fragrance would fill the room. 
This one barely has a cent. Boo! Another review says, no scent whatsoever unless you face plant into the glass vessel. Burned it for eight hours and ta-da, no fragrance. Well, here's a thought. I don't think the candles might be the problem. You see, I think the problem, uh, much to a lot of people's shock and amazement, Maybe the customers lost their sense of smell. It's a condition called anosmia, which is one of the defining symptoms of COVID. Okay. Nick Beauchamp, who is an assistant professor of political science at Northeastern University, and he charts the complaints of the top three Yankee candles on Amazon. He tracked these negative reviews and they began and began to increase weekly and he graphed it all out, and it shows a pretty sharp spike around December, which is about the same time the Omicron variant led a new wave of COVID cases in the U.S. And a similar analysis done last winter showed reviews of the top scented candles on Amazon dropped about one full star between January of 2020 and November of 2020. Still, both researchers say that while the data seems like evidence of a COVID surge, you shouldn't treat it like a scientific study. But, I don't know, you know. Uh, to me, it sounds like a pretty interesting correlation. Don't you think? Maybe you should go for a second opinion before you write that review on Amazon, okay? <clears throat> well, Amazon's Alexa seems pretty eager to remind us all that she makes the rules. Now, we've got Alexas all over the house, although I do have one Google Dot or Google Echo or whatever they call them because I got it for free. But there's one 10-year-old girl learned a very valuable lesson when after asking Alexa for a challenge, she was given a potentially deadly response. Yeah, yeah well, th this, is what, this is how it went down. The Alexa comes back and says, plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Now, the girl's mom, Kristen Livdahl, took to Twitter to showcase what could have been a crisis. We're doing some physical challenges like laying down and rolling over and holding a shoe on your foot from, you know, the physical education teacher on YouTube earlier, she tells one user. Well, they got bad weather outside, so... She wanted another one. So the company reached out to Livdahl on Twitter, told the BBC that it would prevent the device from recommending the challenge again. The customer trust, they say, is at the center of everything we do in Alexa's design to provide accurate, relevant, and helpful information to customers. As soon as we became aware of this error, we took swift action to fix it. Well, thank heavens. <laughs> However, though, there may be some of you that might like to live dangerously. So, I think we've got something for you, like um, maybe Alexa's evil twin. Tired of your boring old Alexa smart speaker? Then shake things up and order an Alexor. It's Alexa's evil twin. Alexor, find me the nearest Italian restaurant. 
Instead of pasta, why don't you eat a delicious bag of broken glass? Then wash it down with bleach. <laughs> Alexa is fine for nerds who want cautious, dependable advice. But Alexor is a bad boy, and he doesn't play it safe. Alexor, what's the weather today? It's a frigid 31 degrees, so bundle up. May I suggest putting a plastic bag over your head and tying it tightly? <laughs> Every Alexor dot has its own fake handlebar mustache and British accent, so you'll know it's the evil twin. Looking for something fun? May I suggest licking an electrical socket? <laughs> Order the Alexor today, because the best smart speaker is usually the evilest. You should always run with scissors. Don't worry, it's totally safe. <laughs> Well, here's a question that, um, I don't know, can be considered stupid, especially if you maybe watch too much Netflix. I, I don't know. I, it's just, I, I, maybe some people really are worried about this. I don't know. But Adam McKay's newest movie, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, Don't Look Up. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep and Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett. Tells this fictional story of a comet set to destroy Earth in six months. But could it ever really happen? Well, Dr. Amy Mainzer, an astronomer and advisor on the movie, said it's really, really unlikely. The good news is a really major event like what's portrayed in the movie, we know that, can't happen very regularly because we're here. Mainzer explains this to Yahoo Canada. If that sort of thing happened on a regular basis in our time span, compared to the span that humans have been on the planet, well, we wouldn't be here. The last such major event was the one that wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. So we know that this is a very infrequent event. And that said, smaller events can happen more frequently. So that's why we go out and we look for the objects and try to figure out where they are. Mainzer and her team actually discovered Comet Neowise in 2020. That's the brightest comet in the Northern Hemisphere since the Hale-Bopp Comet in 1997. So let's see, after what, two years of a pandemic, a planet-killing comet almost sounds like a relief. You know? Yeah, huh, hit me, hit me! <laughs> <laughs> that, that, okay, it, it, but it is true. Smaller catastrophic events can happen more frequently. You know, like another Fast and Furious sequel. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. 
home of the Year Death Scout Insane Eric Lane. It's the Week in Review. The first insane week in review with the president, Joe Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, now have added to their pet family as they welcomed a new purebred German Shepherd puppy. It'll be nice to see someone making deals under the table besides Hunter. Joe Biden and a dog are always an interesting combo. You know, one, one spends all day sniffing people and peeing all over the place. The other one is a dog. NASA scientists have recorded eerie shrieking sounds from Jupiter's moon. But if you really want to hear shrieking from an infinite void, I recommend Miley Cyrus. <clears throat> the FDA approved its first ever AIDS vaccine. So just take that little prick in your arm and then you can take the big one somewhere else. According to a recent survey, seven in 10 Americans don't know that Die Hard and Mean Girls are actually based on books. That's because only one in a million people in this country actually read. In a survey of 2,000 Americans, 63% also say they're more likely to see a movie over the holiday if they knew it was based on a successful book. And if they feel like watching a complete piece of crap based on nothing, they'll turn on Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jingle All the Way. A new study claimed adults have the best chance of losing weight and keeping it off by moving more. <clears throat> it must explain why adults keep moving from California and New York to Texas and Florida. In the northeastern U.S., snow, ice, and rain had hampered Christmas travel and had dampened last-minute holiday shopping. In fact, at one point it was so cold in New York City that Mayor de Blasio advised people to masturbate indoors. Of course, even without the snow and ice, you had to be pretty careful in many northeastern cities during the winter, mainly because there's already a lot of frozen urine on the sidewalks. New York State also broke COVID case records for four days in a row back a few weeks ago. New Yorkers said that they hadn't felt that sick since Mayor de Blasio got that second term. A Japanese billionaire, his producer, and a Russian cosmonaut safely returned to Earth after spending 12 days on the International Space Station. And after seeing how things were going down here, they all wanted to go back. Of course, it sounds uh, like a little less, kind of a setup of a bad joke, I know. You know, a Japanese billionaire, a producer, and a Russian cosmonaut walk into a bar. <laughs> and a man in Singapore posed as his brother to police in order to avoid arrest. But, well, the plan broke down when it turned out his brother was also a wanted man. This is why when you fake your identity to police, you should also say you're someone who couldn't possibly be facing criminal charges, you know, like Hillary Clinton or Alec Baldwin. <clears throat> and a new report claims Mrs. Claus is a popular character in porno movies, but it's really just revenge for the time she saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Trevor Noah was suing a hospital for causing him severe pain and emotional distress recently. But sounds to me like yeah, they did it just by making him watch his own show. You remember Tom Brady throwing a tantrum after his 9-0 shutout loss by the New Orleans Saints? He threw and broke a Microsoft tablet. Saw that on, on social media. Of course, if it, he'd still been a patriot, you know Robert Kraft would have made sure Tom's rough day had a happy ending. Of course, you really can't blame Tom. At his age, he's probably going through menopause. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci said schools are safe enough for kids to return despite the surge in Omicron cases. Uh, time was that kids would, you know, root for that snow day. But nowadays, they just root for COVID days. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Fauci. Twitter banned Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene for spreading what it claims was COVID disinformation. Now look, if she wants to lie about COVID, she should get a job at a news network like everybody else. I mean, but that being said, everything Twitter has claimed to be misinformation has turned out to be true. So Twitter saying you're a liar is kind of like Snoop Dogg saying you're a pothead. A study by McGill University found that worrying about COVID will lead to mental decline. And if you don't believe them, turn on CNN. The study concluded that fear leads people to make poor choices. This might finally explain why so many A-list actresses date Pete Davidson. Short supplies and escalating costs are causing many restaurants to add dark meat chicken thighs to their menus as a way to meet the demand and, well, hold the prices in check, which is why most chicken restaurants are giving Joe Biden the bird. Guys used to go to Hooters for the wings. Now they're going for the thighs in more ways than one. Fake vaccine cards have become the hottest item on the Internet as more states impose vaccine mandates. Did they mention which websites? I'm just asking for a friend. Of course, if you have a fake vaccine card and it's all for show, you're not actually protected. In other words, it's just like wearing a mask. Thousands of protesters gathered in the streets of Amsterdam to protest the Dutch government's COVID restrictions because, well, let's face it, I mean, when you live in a town with legalized prostitution, COVID isn't the worst virus to catch. Police attacked protesters, though, there with dogs and billy clubs, it was like nothing we've ever seen in Amsterdam. Kind of like sobriety. Hollywood continues to mourn the late, great Betty White, who passed away on New Year's Eve at the age of 99. People keep asking what she died of. Hello? She was 99. Her molecules were tired. She died of 99. I mean... White was also saluted by animal rights groups for being a tireless activist during her years. She had a soft spot for dogs because the way they humped people's legs reminded her of Harvey Weinstein. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are preparing to leave their $11 million Montecito mansion because the couple isn't in love with the property. Harry shelled out $11 million and got stuck with a fixer-upper, but enough about Megan. I mean, did he really think he was going to find a house that pleased a woman who wasn't happy living in a British castle? NHL's winter classic between the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild was the coldest pro-sporting event in history with a temperature of minus 5.7 degrees. You know it's bad when the fans are getting called for icing. Of course, there were still six guys with no shirts on in the stands. And the progressive New York lawmaker Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was spotted maskless again in Florida, this time at a packed drag bar in Miami. Partying in a drag bar is crazy because you can, you know, catch something really scary and also COVID. 
She went out and partied it up, maskless in Florida, while the Big Apple is hammered by record high numbers of COVID cases. Of course, when she's home, she'll have to put the mask back on, but frankly, at this point, New Yorkers would rather she just cover her mouth with duct tape. A top NASA official has proclaimed that scientists could uh, one day make Mars a livable habitat for humans. But the real test would be if they could do the same thing for San Francisco. California twins were born just 15 minutes apart, but in different years. One was born a few minutes before midnight in 2021 on New Year's Eve. The other born at exactly midnight on New Year's Day 2022. And they both entered the new year like the rest of us, terrified and screaming. I mean, it's kind of cool that one was born in 2021 and the other one was in 2022, but I think the best year of their lives will be 2040 when they're both old enough to leave California. Brazilian President Jair Bolonzaro was taken to a Sao Paulo hospital for tests after experiencing abdominal discomfort. Uh, now sources close to the president say he really regrets hitting up the Taco Bell drive through at 1 a.m., now, President Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro of Brazil had been rushed to the hospital with an intestinal blockage. Apparently his balls are so big they're actually blocking his stomach. A new study finds Legos are a better investment than gold. Yeah, so this is what my friends mean when they say they make money on the blockchain. You know, the study showed that discontinued Lego sets appreciated in value by 11% annually, more than gold, stocks, or bonds. In fact, the only appreciation you won't get from Legos is from the people you buy them for. And finally, wide receiver Antonio Brown has officially been booted off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after he stripped off his shirt and pranced around the field in the middle of the third quarter in a game against the New York Jets. Ironically, though, they remained on the field. Uh, the New York Jets also stopped playing in the middle of the third quarter. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now, this week's Genius Award. And our first Genius Awards for 2022 goes to a New Jersey man who has agreed to plead guilty in a convoluted fraud scheme involving Super Bowl rings. It all started in September 2017, the year the New England Patriots won Super Bowl LI when 24-year-old Scott Spina sent an Instagram message to a former Patriots player who had left the team after the big win. Spina offered to buy his Super Bowl ring, and the player agreed, but Spina handed over a bad check when they met to do the trade. Now, Spina, who later sold the ring for 63000 bucks, had also somehow gotten a document containing information about a company that sells Super Bowl rings, plus the former Patriots player's username and password for the company's website. Posing as the player, Spina then ordered three family versions of the Super Bowl ring, which are slightly smaller but otherwise very similar, which he had engraved with the name Brady, pretending they were gifts for Tom Brady's baby. 
He then contacted the broker who'd purchased the original ring, posing as a friend of Brady's nephew, uh, his nephews, and then claimed the nephews wanted to sell the Super Bowl rings Brady was was giving them for Thanksgiving. That broker ultimately got a little suspicious and backed out of the deal, but Spina sold the rings to an auction house for $100,000, which is more than three times what Spina paid for them, according to the New York Post. And one of them ultimately sold at an auction for $337, or $337, uh, $317,219 bucks for this thing. Can you believe this? Spina was previously sentenced to 35 months behind bars in another fraud case involving high-end sneakers. This man really might be the biggest fraud the NFL has ever seen, which is incredibly impressive considering Roger Goodell is the commissioner. I can't believe this crazy, the crazy lies this guy told involving the New England Patriots. I mean, he definitely has got a pair of deflated balls, that's for sure. And then there's this. A TikTok user says she caught her husband cheating on her after inspecting footage taken by their doorbell security camera. Kaylee Christina, known on the social media app as at Kaylee271, shared shocking footage from the camera purportedly showing her spouse sneaking his scantily clad mistress out of their marital home back in October. She says, when your husband is too sick to go on the family trip you planned. That's what she captioned in the initial clip. Well, the black and white footage taken just after 10 p.m. suggests that the man and his mistress have just enjoyed a secret tryst inside the family residence. The man is seen bidding the woman farewell on the front steps of the home, sharing a tender kiss and squeezing her derriere. The woman is wearing only a t-shirt and a tiny pair of shorts as she holds her car keys and waves goodbye after locking lips. Christina added the hashtags cheater and hashtag garbage to the incriminating footage. The devastated wife first shared the footage of to her TikTok account where it quickly went viral and was viewed more than 5 million times. He thought the camera was disabled, Christina wrote in the comment section explaining her husband's brazen behavior. She added that her beau had even installed the security device himself. Christina has recently updated her TikTok bio to read, quote, taking out the trash. It appears to be a dig at her estranged spouse. I, getting busted by your own security camera is hilarious. <laughs> I haven't seen someone get screwed on camera like this since Kim Kardashian. I mean, when this cheater was a kid, people just played ding-dong ditch. Remember that game? Now he's hanging around the front door with a ding-dong bit. Well, you know what I mean. Or how about this? You can meet a 35-year-old Sarah Day who has deemed herself a professional cavewoman. She survives on roadkill, including repurposing the skin and bones of the dead animals. The Colchester Essex resident says she makes her money as a schoolteacher who educates children on history and survival skills. Day claims she eats roadkill at least once a week, although there isn't always an animal on the side of the road. She says, my freezer is full of roadkill finds, which is handy during the winter because I can defrost the deer or rabbit to make a hearty stew. (laughs) 
She adds, the flavor of rats is very similar to squirrel. It's mild and sweet. It tastes a little bit like chicken, but much nicer. A pigeon, on the other hand, reportedly tastes, quote, like a really good beefsteak. Besides just munching on the delicious animal carcasses, Day also likes to turn the skin and guts into leather. The animal skulls are, quote, an amazing bits of engineering, while the bones are used to make tools and weapons. In order to get her daily dose of fiber, Day hunts for her own herbs and fruits, too. She says, I tend to forage plants and fruits, but it's so important to do your research so that you don't end up very sick. As for her actual living conditions, Day says she has a house in the middle of town. However, she would rather live in a tent. She even made her own sleeping bag out of reindeer skin to keep warm at night, as well as a selection of clothes from roadkill she supposedly wears for work. <laughs> this isn't that impressive because I know plenty of people who survive on roadkill. You know, you know they go to Taco Bell multiple times per week. Because I think she'll eventually rejoin modern society. I have no doubts that she'll feel the pressure and cave. <sighs> what about this? In an apparent bid to dodge a criminal court date, a Connecticut man allegedly faked a positive COVID-19 test that was submitted to a judge. Investigators uh, charged 31-year-old Junior Jump with a pair of felonies, forgery, and tampering with evidence for his alleged scheme to avoid appearing for a bond revocation hearing. Now, Jump had been ordered to appear in court for allegedly violating release terms in a pending criminal matter. The Hartford resident was arrested twice back in November while out on bond in the original case. Now, the court hearing was scheduled to review Jump's apparent non-compliance with bond terms, and it could have resulted in his immediate detention. Jump is facing a variety of criminal raps, including breach of peace, threatening, and interfering with police. Jump's lawyer told prosecutors and a superior court judge that his client had texted him a screenshot purporting to show a positive COVID-19 test notification from St. Francis Hospital in Hartford. In response, Judge Maureen Keegan excused Jump from appearing at the New Britain Courthouse, but a subsequent police investigation determined that the positive test, proffed by Jump, was fabricated. Uh, Jump's motive for faking the test, investigators contend, was to skirt the bond revocation hearing. So Jump was arrested and booked into the county lockup on $25,000 bail. So the guy gives a false positive results. You know, just like the actual COVID tests. <laughs> it's kind of hard to believe, though, that an adult would fake sickness. Frankly, he's worse than a high schooler trying to get out of the math test that he didn't even study for. And you got to check this one out. According to reports, a South Florida man was arrested after allegedly using COVID-19 relief funds to purchase luxury items such as exotic cars, designer clothes, and watches. He's 27-year-old Valeski Barosi. It's accused of seeking out more than $4.2 million in COVID-19 relief funds using fake IRS tax forms and fake payroll documents. 
Barusi ended up receiving half of the sought-out amount and spent it on a Lamborghini Hurricane, Evo, Rolex, and Hublot watches and clothing from Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and Chanel. Barossi was also arraigned on charges and now faces five counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of aggravated identity theft. And if he's convicted, he could spend 132 years behind bars. This man has a taste clearly for the finer things. So it's going to be really tough eating prison food. You know, it's always sad, though, when someone, so someone's super expensive sports car gets taken away, you know? Now, how will anyone know he has a really tiny ding-dong, you know? And you'll never believe this. A man is in custody after breaking in to the Newcastle, Pennsylvania fire station. Newcastle police say Krishna James, Krishna James, that's a, Krishna? Who names your kid Krishna? Krishna James, he lives in Hubbard, Ohio, got himself arrested. Police said that he walked into the fire department where he was seen on video picking up an axe and striking a door. Police said he woke up a fireman who was napping inside the building and told him about a siege that was coming. Police say that he was armed with a handgun in a holster. James was then escorted out of the fire department by personnel on the scene and fled the scene before police got there, where he fired several shots at the fire alarm at the Lawrence County Community Action Partnership building. A call also came in for the man attempting to break into the McGonagall Ambulance Station at the intersection of Jefferson and Fall Streets. Then police later found James inside a vehicle at the Oakleaf Gardens apartment complex around 10 in the morning, where he was shot twice with 40 millimeters less lethal sponge rounds after apparently refusing to comply with the officer's commands. Officers took him into custody, and James is being now held in the Lawrence County Jail on a $100,000 bail on charges of burglary, trespassing, criminal mischief, and discharging of firearms prohibited. You gotta wonder if this guy was drunk, you know? But I guess if that were the case, he'd probably be a fireman himself, you know? I mean, something's so something must have really lit a fire under his butt, but luckily the firefighters were there to help. <laughs> Okay, one more. Here's a man who's behind bars for allegedly robbing four cell phone stores in Phoenix, Arizona, while wielding a machete and pepper spray. David Gutierrez is accused of robbing two Cricket Wireless stores and two T-Mobile stores in the Maryvale area. And in each case, Gutierrez allegedly entered the store with a machete, demanded money, and forced the employees into a back room or restroom and locked them in. Phoenix police officers tracked the missing phones and located Gutierrez in a car with a woman. Gutierrez reportedly admitted to police he committed all the robberies. The local media outlet reports that he was able to give law enforcement officials specific details about the crimes, including what weapons were used, how many employees were in each store, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office online records show he's now facing multiple armed robbery and kidnapping charges. My guess is this guy is going to have to perform some community service, you know, which is kind of nice for Cricket and T-Mobile users who usually don't get any service. Now, you, you can't just steal from cell phone stores, okay? Yeah, wireless carriers are the only ones allowed to rob people via their monthly rates. So, yeah. Anyway, so, of course, now if you like this kind of stuff on this podcast, for Pete's sake, share it, okay? Share it with somebody. They're going to they're gonna love it. And don't forget, there's that little subscribe button you can punch to get your stupid fix with the new episodes that will be delivered every time they're published, so you don't have to go looking for them. 
Of course, besides this particular feed, you also get the weekend feed, of course, every Saturday featuring Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew with all the stupid stories from Florida and beyond. And, of course, we'll play another weekly round of the Insane Game Show, which you can play along. You can also subscribe and listen on your phone by going to at Insane Eric Lane on your Facebook app and look for the podcast tab on my Facebook page there and subscribe there. And keep in mind, the podcast tab is not yet available on the Facebook desktop web version. Oh, and I'm also on Substack as well. Yeah, that's new, where uh, the podcast is published there at in at uh, ericlane.substack.com. That's E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E dot substack.com. Of course, I always pick the best five-star stupidity, so please, if it would kill you, give this a five-star rating, okay? And I'd like to see a good stupid review written, too, about the podcast, even if you have to embellish something. And especially if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, I might even read your review on an upcoming episode. If you review it and give it a five-star rating, it kind of helps the podcast to show up prominently in searches, like people are looking for this stuff. You can also interact with the podcast and get real-time updates when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. Telegram is a great messaging app on top of all of that. But on that channel, I'll post some of the links to some of the stupid stories that I feature in every episode. You can also leave your comments about what you've heard or maybe share some of your own stupidity with your friends. You can check that out at t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel there. And there's a download button if you want to install the Telegram Messenger app to your device, whether it's a desktop or mobile, Windows, Linux, Android, Apple, whatever. Don't forget, you can follow me at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, drop by my website at insaneericlane.com. And my final thought for this particular episode, Target really needs carts placed in the middle of the store, you know, for when just two things turns out to be half of aisle 10. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify, Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.